0: Okay, let us begin now, with the recital. May all beings be happy and secure. May all beings have happy minds. Whatever living beings there may be, without exception, weak or strong, long, large, medium, short, subtle low, gross, visible low, invisible, living near or far, born or coming to birth, may all beings have happy minds, no despise anyone, anywhere, neither from anger nor ill will should anyone wish harm to another. As a mother would risk her own life to protect her only child, even so towards all living beings one should cultivate a boundless heart. One should cultivate all the world heart of boundless loving friendliness above, below and all around, unobstructed, without hate or resentment, whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, no window awake. One should develop this mindfulness. This is called divinely doing here. Not falling into erroneous views, but virtuous and endowed with vision, tires ah, for sensual pleasure. One comes never again to birth in the womb. This... The recital is very short but the impact is very long. It can stay in our life, perhaps throughout our life. Although we spend only very few minutes, these few minutes are very rich, meaningful few minutes that can change our whole attitude if we very sincerely recite these words, keeping the meaning of them in mind. And we must mean what we recite. Even though we may not be totally free from anger, ill will or resentment these recitals eventually will impact on our resentment or anger to minimize, weaken them we not only develop this mindful metta thoughts in our mind, but we also wish others not to have ill will towards others. Neither in anger nor resentment should one wish harm to others, while we are wishing others metta peace we wish others also to develop cultivate this metta thoughts in their minds see how lofty this altruistic thought is only when we all have this attitude can we all live together in harmony meta practitioners uh relax and in the thoughts words and deeds this relaxed mental state is expressed. They are not rigid, uptight, but they are very relaxed. And that is how the metta loosen up our rigidity, uptightness. This all begins in our mind even physical rigidity is caused by mental states when the mind is either stunned or fear stricken or something traumatic happened not only the mind but even the body becomes stiff, rigid, uptight. So we first have to understand everything in our entire life is guided, directed and controlled by our mind. So the mind is the most effective instrument in our entire life. It is this mind that we want to purify, clean, in order to live a quality life. Quality life doesn't come from material achievement, material things around us, we may even be buried in gold and silver and material things, and still the mind, if it is not relaxed and peaceful, no matter how much wealth we have around us, we remain unhappy and full of suffering. As I mentioned several times, We honestly must be full of metta for our own peace, protection, and good health. With that stand, we can wish others to be healthy, peaceful, and happy. While causing numerous things to make us unhappy or sick, we cannot wish others to be happy and healthy. So, even though it is not very easy to practice metta, with some difficulties, we must practice it. Even uh, hard rock can be melted in in, in intense heat. Similarly, even though sometimes our heart is hard with metta, moisture or heat can melt it and soften it. Mitta is, Pali word is Mitha, Mitte also is called, Mitha is also used for the sun that brings us heat, keeps us alive, keeps everything alive. Heat of the sun pervades everywhere without any discrimination. Similarly, metta warms the heart of everybody without any discrimination. Whoever practices it can benefit from it. If we resent practicing metta, it is very much like rejecting sunlight. So, the word metta has very deep meaning. We practice this every day whether we are in a retreat or out of it. As Buddha said, every waking moment, practicing metta. every walking, waking moment is sort of an impractical exaggeration, but ideally that is what we must do. We always cannot be ideal persons, ideal meditators, but we strive hard to become ideal and model to others. In families where parents practice metta, children are very healthy and Emotionally stable. If they don't expri- don't practice metta and simply go on bickering and fighting verbally, then the atmosphere at home is very unpleasant, unfriendly, tensed, and children pick it up very quickly as a sponge, absorb the environment, tension in the environment. So not only us benefit from it, but we can cause others to benefit from it and also when we practice mindfulness with metta mindfulness practice become very beneficial and effective and results would be very quick So we pay attention to our very simple breathing with this metta feeling in mind. Pay attention to the breathing and notice how the breath keeps us alive just like sun, bringing us insight into the reality of impermanence. Breath is a very good example of impermanence. If the breath is permanent, we have to breathe only once in life. It doesn't happen that way. We had to repeat the breathing from the moment of the first breath we took till the last breath, we keep we keep repeating it because once one breath is breath disappears, and we had to bring another. So this is a very powerful object of meditation. No matter what kind of meditation we practice, all begin with breathing. Even though we don't take it, we take it for granted and don't pay much serious attention to it. That is the reality. So all our aggregates we can notice in the breathing. I repeated this several times before. Breath is a form Breath is the body conditioner, kāya-sankhāra. It is the breath that conditions this body because it is the breath that brings oxygen that discharge or dispense through the blood circulation all over our body, every tiny little cell, every tiny little neuron, every atom, molecule in our body needs oxygen to survive. Therefore the breath is the real body conditioner and therefore it is a body we cannot breathe consciously without feeling so the breath has feeling as we breathe in and out we feel the feeling we are aware of it we are we perceive it or recognize it this is our perception we pay attention to deliberate attention to it Manasikara. with deliberate attention we breathe in and out Therefore, that is volitional formations. We have to be conscious to notice all this. That is our consciousness. So all of them happen in each breath even though we cannot separate them, we talk separately, but experience together. All of them are in one bundle, one breath. In it, we can see the other most essential characteristic or component of mindfulness, that is impermanence. One day when the Buddha asked monks how to cultivate awareness of death, one monk said, If I live long enough to inhale and exhale, during that period I practice the mindfulness of death. You can see how right, how correct he is because in each breath we can see death. Every breath dies. Every breath is impermanent. That is microscopic death. And this microscopic death is Eventually, is the real death. When breath ceases, life ceases. So, you can see the richness of this breath in bringing insight into our life. From the moment we start the first breath, it reminds us, if we breathe mindfully, it reminds us of our death. But we are very smart to ignore it and forget it. That is our ignorance. So long as we ignore them, ignore this reality, we are ignorant. So we want to be mindful in order to bring us understanding, to eliminate this ignorance. So we keep paying mindful attention to our breathing. See how quickly we, ha- we gain insight into impermanence. <coughs> why do you, why do we want to do that? Because. We try to cling to this impermanent body, feeling, perception, volitional formations and consciousness. And then we may laugh at ourselves by trying to cling to this unclingable aggregates. We cannot cling to them, it is mere wish, a thought. That is why in spite of our wish, body feeling, perception, volitional formations and consciousness go on changing. turning away, altering, disappearing and here we can see Dukkha, not being able to hold on to something is Dukkha, suffering. So we can see impermanence and suffering through the breath. Also because of these two things, there is no controlling factor that can stop this, that can fulfill our wish. If there is a factor within us to fulfill our wish to cling to something, and then we can hold on to it. But since there is no factor, an element, an agent, to bring our wish to fruition, we realize that there is no anything permanent. Permanent Self, permanent soul even though we use these terms just to communicate but there is no such entity within us all this we experience all this we see very clearly then the mind would be ready to let go of our greed Let go of our hatred, let go of our ignorance. When the truth dawns upon us, ignorance fades away. When the mind sees the truth, ignorance fades away. So we prepare our mind to see the truth through the practice of meditation. So, friends, I like you to continue your practice. These are real things that I mentioned, not anything artificial or mere theoretical, but everyone can come to know through their own personal experiences and try to see this. Try to gain this experience to awaken your deeply rooted seed of wisdom. With these few words, I stop to continue the practice. And those who have signed up, come and see me in the Sangha Hall.